0: Thank you. Developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight.
1: Friends, this is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is Patricia Greenberg, the fitness gourmet. Patricia is truly an amazing person, as you'll quickly see her power, success, creativity, and influencing abilities. Today, we're going to talk about how to eat well, live well, and age well, a comprehensive approach to being well at any age And it's never too late to start. But before we get to Patricia, let me tell you a little bit about her adventurous and impressive life. Ushering in a new era of bite-sized livable health, nutrition, and fitness solutions, Patricia Greenberg is a role model in all aspects of living life to the fullest at any age. As the creator of Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well, she consults, teaches, hosts a weekly YouTube show, and speaks at seminars nationwide. As the author of four great books, and I understand a fifth one's on its way, she has special interest in enhancing the education of the general public and providing accurate health information to today's consumers. Passionate about wellness to life, Patricia has completed 20 marathons and 115 half marathons. You know, my completion of one marathon is so meaningful for, me, meaningful for me, I just can't even imagine completing 20 marathons and 115 half marathons, and loves the sport of tower climbing, having conquered buildings and stadiums all over the country. Patricia has a BA in Nutrition and Food Science, a degree in Culinary Arts from Le Cordon Bleu, um, ISSA, Certified Nutritionist and she has a certification Age Well Health Coach. She's also certified in personal training, group fitness, weight management, sports nutrition, senior fitness, and more. I encourage you to take a look at the show notes and you can see a full uh, bio on Patricia. Her books look great. Uh, we'll talk about those in just a moment. So Patricia, I welcome you to Vision Beyond Sight. Thank
2: you. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. i so happy to be here.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, Let's get started by just finding out, you know, how did you get into this field of wellness?
2: Everybody asks me that. It's funny. I guess most people aren't born (laughs) uh, pursuing wellness, right? We're born just kind of going along with what we're taught and what, you know, just kind of engaging in our surroundings. So I grew up in a very um, typical uh, suburban family. Uh, in suburban New York. And uh, I was born in 1960. And I, you know, I think that's very significant because what we're finding now is our childhoods. Uh, we just kind of rolled with things, you know, in, in uh, kids who grew up in the uh, across the board, 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, we, we ate what we were, we were provided with. We went out and found our own friends and played games uh, through our imagination and uh, we were very respectful of what older people told us, and uh, we didn't question. And that's not necessarily a negative. Uh, you know, it, it, it could be a positive that we lived a little bit more idyllic lives in the sense uh, that they were more relaxed. You know, our, us growing up, we didn't have the pressures of uh, that we have today influenced by the media. And But as I got into high school, of course, the world expanded. And I was not a fit child or a, a fit teenager by any stretch. I was actually chubby and I was, had the un, unfortunate nickname of Fatty Patty. And uh, when I graduated high school, uh, you know, I, I consider myself lucky because even though I wasn't uh, particularly athletic or uh, into those type of things, I still had a lot of friends and, you know, I was a happy kid in, in, in many respects. And when I got into um, college, I initially wanted to be a dentist and I was taking science classes. And part of the um, requirement for graduation was to take a a home economics class. Because in those days, the younger gals who were listening don't realize that. But (laughs) yeah, we had to take home ec, right? That was that was required. And so I took a nutrition class and I was so enamored with the whole science of it. I switched my major which caused me to be in college a couple of extra years, but it was well worth it. And through that process, uh, I just started to learn more about fitness. I was changing my eating habits. I was getting rid of all the, the things we don't like to do at that age, which is stay up all night and smoke cigarettes when you go out with your friends and gave it all up at around 21 and just embarked on a journey for myself. I never imagined it would turn into the, the, uh, 24-7 career that it is now. and But but through that, you know, Lynn, you mentioned something, and again, in your material, you talk about it so much beyond vision because there's physical vision, but then, of course, there's the vision we have for our lives regardless of what we're faced with. And Mm -hmm. the vision I had for me was to live a healthy, well life. And I embarked on that. So I got my degree in dietetics. I worked as a hospital dietitian for a few years. I found that not very rewarding. Not that it's a, a, a bad profession; it just was something that I wanted uh, to go in a different direction. So I left. Uh, I left um, dietetics, and I went and got a. Uh, I went I moved to Arizona, and I started taking some graduate courses. And in the in the course of that, I opened up a restaurant, a vegetarian restaurant. I thought I'm going to go somewhere where nobody else is doing it, and I'll be the pioneer. So that lasted for a few years, but a lot of times we find out when uh, there's not a lot of what you like in an area, there's a reason for it, Uh, there might not be a demand. So I said, you know, I'm going to learn more about this, and I went off to a six-month culinary school program, and after I graduated from culinary school, I had my nutrition degree, my background in nutrition, Um, I had my culinary degree, and I went to work for an airline designing um, in-flight food service, you know, providing healthy meals, and choices, which again, was unheard of uh, in those days. And then, after that, um, that was a short stint. I went on to teach nutrition and wellness to aspiring chefs. So I took the two backgrounds and I combined them very well, um teaching in culinary schools in different areas of the country, um how to design nutritious meals, how to understand, when a person comes in into your restaurant or your dining hall or your catering and says, I can't have salt or I have to watch my sugar or I need to be gluten free. Um, and in those days, again, nobody was really paying attention. The restaurant served what they served. And if you asked for something to be left off, um, it was disruptive to the kitchen. Very, very different than it is now. And through that process, I just kind of stumbled upon some speaking engagements. And became very good at it and started to do tv and uh, wellness segments on different news programs and through that process i was able to find an agent through a very serendipitous um uh story as someone said you know you're good you should write a book and i said well i just want to write a little pamphlet to help my students out i said we'll call this agent and i called the agent and she didn't really want to have anything to do with it and then three weeks later She called me back and she said, you know, there's a major publishing house looking for someone to uh, write a book on soy and tofu. They want the person to have a degree in nutrition and to live in California and you have all the, all the right stuff. So I had to submit proposals and didn't know what I was doing on any way. And the agent walked me through it and I was up against some other uh, previously published authors And lo and behold, I got the contract and the rest is history. So I've since written four books and um, my confidence soared in myself and, of course, what was going on around me. And I was hanging out on the couch one day on a Sunday and I saw an ad in the L.A. Times that said, uh, would you like to run the L.A. Marathon? And it was a seven-month training program for $50. I said, well, I go to the gym and I eat really well and I teach nutrition. I could do that. And I embarked on that training, and it was really one of the worst conditions ever to run a marathon. It was a hailstorm, oh, and gosh. it was freezing cold in March in, in Los Angeles. So It was like a science fiction movie, and I finished it. I said, I'm never doing that again. Okay, one and done. And my uh, friend coerced me He says, let's go try the New York Marathon. I said, oh, I'll never get in. I'm built like a cherub. I'm 35 years old. That's ridiculous. I didn't know anything about the sport, even having done one. And we applied and we got in. And so I said, oh, you know, this isn't bad. And I went on to run 20 marathons and 110 half marathons, 115 actually, 110 are sanctioned by the the running organization. And now um, fast forward, I'm in my 60s. I have a little hip arthritis. And so I switched over to walking and stair climbing. And that's turned into a whole new sport because a lot of people don't know there's tower climbing um, competitions all over the country climbing the largest towers, And so now I do that. It's really fun. And it's very good on the body. It doesn't hurt because you run up the stairs anywhere from 20 floors to 80 floors, 102 floors. Um, One of them, I did the world trade center in New York and then you take the elevator back down. So it's quick, it's fun. And it's most fabulous form of exercise and so good for your heart and your mind and your body. And um, so having written uh, my first book, I followed up with a healthy dessert book and then my daughter was in high school and she said, Oh mommy, you don't know what kids like to eat. And I said, well, tell me, you know, all kids say that. And um, I got her and a group of her friends and we did it at her high school. And we did a nice little book called scrumptious um, sandwiches, snacks and salads for school, work and home. And it's become, it's a little book with 50 recipes and it's become a great guide for me and for many of my friends, family and uh, people who I work with to just go in there and pick a little snack out here or a salad there, all healthy, all easy to make. And you know what, Lynn, what I do, I really want to emphasize with people, I work with what I have, right? So if whether it's I'm writing a cookbook or going for a walk or uh, enjoying my family, what's right in front of you, right? That That's the thing to remember. If you want to cook, you want to write um, recipes, or you want to just entertain Open up your refrigerator. There is a world of goodies in there that we don't even know what to do with. <laughs> so so many people go food shopping and say, I don't know, I've got a package of broccoli and I've got a package of cauliflower and um, I've got an avocado and, you know, I've got a couple of eggs. I don't know what to do. So I've got a broccoli. In my mind, I have a broccoli cauliflower omelet uh, with um, uh, avocado paste uh, wrapped in a tortilla or... <laughs> Um, you know, something like that. My one, I did a little show the other day for ABC. You know, how do, what do we send back, you know, heading back to school? What do we make for ourselves, for our kids? And I'm talking about the big kids. I'm talking about the teenagers. I'm talking about your spouse, grandparents. I want to share with you, there was a point while I was writing this book, if you can believe it, we had my mother-in-law living with us. So at the time, she was in her 90s. My husband was in his 60s. I was in my late 40s. I had a stepson here who was in his 20s and my daughter who was uh, 15 at the time. So you can imagine all the different mouths to feed and all the different tastes and preferences. And that's what we based this book on. What does everybody eat? What's here in the refrigerator? So I did exactly that. I took old pumpernickel bread, sliced it, spread some cream cheese and shredded carrots on top and made little carrot cream cheese treats you know that's well, just one example. So go ahead, I'm sorry. What are you going to Well, say? I was
1: going to say um your story is just fascinating how you got to where you're at and Thank you. Thank I, you. I think it's just so representative of you created a vision and how the universe totally opened up, you know, oh, I, I happened to find an agent. I happened to start in a marathon. You know, it's just like once you internally created and you don't even know the details of it and you don't need to know look where it's taken you and yes. I so so resonate with your story because you know I started out you know I was five foot one and I was a chunky kid and you know my biggest fear was this you know as a young age that I'd split my pants you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know, the same of my pants and 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 no at this age and I'm a little older than you are we never you know, nutrition wasn't even a word. It was how many right, bags of potato right. chips and mm-hmm. we'd go fishing and, you know, we'd finish two bags of potato chips, one on the way and then one on the way home. And right. and mm-hmm. so it wasn't until I was fifty and had major health problems that all of a sudden all of this eat well and be well and, and be healthy came to me, which I love you talk we're gonna talk about aging in just a minute. Yeah. But what I love what you've done uh, and I encourage our listeners to watch your uh, YouTube videos because uh, I did see that ABC clip and, and it's just simple, easy, not complicated, but healthy ways of, of eating. And so um, we're going to get more into your books, uh, especially in the second part of the podcast. But, you know, as, as much as you're excited, I'm excited. And there's all of these diets and everybody's still on diets and they're up and down in weights and all these things. People still don't necessarily believe that nutrition and exercise uh, really impact your overall life and health. Can you review a little bit of some of the latest science you know, of aging and how to age well and how what you're doing really impacts uh, our well being in our lives.
2: You know, Lynn, it is so, so profound that you're asking me that because that, you know, what I'm doing now is we're all hearing about aging well, longevity, lifespan versus health span. And I want to expound upon that for a, a very specific reason, and, and you'll see why. We ha- as a society um, have evolved into hating the fact of aging, terrified of being old. And um, we know that only now, especially those of us in our age group, uh, only, no, only see now people starting to address it. It was a long, long shift from late 50s all the way up into literally, um, and you can vouch for me on this, Lynn, only the last couple of years have we even seen, you know, movies and TV and advertisements with someone even over 40, never mind over fifty. And
1: uh, this and if whole... I could interrupt you, there's now sure. a new go- Golden Bachelor.
2: Yes, yes, I'm actually <laughs> looking for, I, uh, Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the cast of characters on that one, right? <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, and I and I say it, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, I have a a a friend who um, that's what she does. She works in coaching people in dating over fifty. The one truth to me, it's a wonderful profession that she's helping people feel good about themselves. So, the movement was anti aging or shunning aging. Okay, we were, we're all aware of that. And now there's a shift that there's enough people in that age group to fight back and say, hey, I'm not going to be invisible. I count. You know, I want to be recognized. I want to, there's a whole wide world out there for people over this age. Retirement is not a death sentence. And within that group, We call it the overall baby boomers, but it's broken into two. First half of the baby boomers is people born in 1946 to about 54, 56, depending on who you talk to. And then from 54, 56 to 64 is considered the second half of the baby boomers. And those two cohorts within the baby boomers view aging very differently. The older baby boomers are now in the uh, the, the mid-70s and they're, you know, reached a, a level of acceptance. They were fighting aging for a while. The younger cohort, um, who are people now approximately 55 to 70, are fighting tooth and nail not to age. And so this movement is caused a really a disparity even within the baby boomer group. And, and what I tell people, which makes no sense to me um, as a health professional, why people won't listen to me and to you and to everybody else the way they should, is because we are Yes, we're living longer, but we're paying attention to how we're living. And that's how health span comes in. Um, Are you 55 and above and you're a healthy 55, a healthy 70, a healthy 90-year-old? And I want to break that down even further. Our perception of a healthy older adult is someone who can run a marathon, climb Mount Everest, or jump out of an airplane. Nothing could be further from the truth a healthy adult is someone who is at peace with the way they're aging and the way they're living. So my new book that's coming out is, and I'm not trying to give you a plug just to kind of explain it is aging peacefully. Are we happy with where we're at aging gracefully? You know, you want to look good and you know, you want to sit upright and be there, um, and, and appear to be younger. Got it. Okay. But peacefully is, this is my decision. It's my decision to let my hair grow gray. It's my decision to walk instead of run. It's my decision to embrace the idea of being an older adult. And once you can get to that, you can say, okay, I'm going to eat the things I want and do the things I want, but you don't do it at your expense. You do it at your wellness. So that defiant, I'm not going to let any nutritionist or doctor tell me I can't eat potato chips and I can't have chocolate And I can't have a drink. Too bad. I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to do all those things. Okay. And then you reach that point where you say, you know, maybe it isn't so good for me to have three drinks. I'll have one. You know, maybe instead of eating that whole bag of chips, I'll have a couple of chips with my salad. (laughs) And um, I always tell people, remember the old adage when we were growing up an apple a day keeps the doctor away. How about an apple a day? How about an orange a day? How about a side salad? have your burger and fries, have your cocktail at night, um, glass of wine, great, uh, enjoy your friends, but add those little tiny bite-sized solutions that I mentioned into your diet. That's going to keep you at peace. You're going to love your life. You're going to be peaceful. Your body will calm down. The calmer your body it is, the more easily you will digest food, the more easy you will sleep, and the better equipped you will be to handle curveballs that are thrown at you. So what when you say to me, what is it we need to do uh, to age well, and
1: to eat well, and to live well, first of all, everything- Can I take a- ha- We're going to take a break here, and I sure. want you to hold that thought as to yes. what, what do we need to age well, because Absolutely. that's very interesting. and And thanks for sharing. You know, you're using the language of- acceptance and peace and being with. And that's so important as we're aging, because I know, you know, if you look at my medical history, you think, man, I'm really sick. You know, look at my MRI. Wow, you can't walk. And then it's like, don't tell me that I have to walk five miles and I'll be back to hear it later kind of thing. Right, right, right. Our own personal concept of accepting who we are and where we're at is what we're going to talk about more right after the break. Uh, and it's really up to us to make those kinds of choices, which is what I really heard you say and uh, yes. and mm-hmm. love that. So hang on. We'll be right back and uh, pick up where we've left off here. Absolutely. Dr. Lynn will be right back after this.
0: Discover the power of the seeing brain, the creator of your true vision. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's number one bestseller book, Expand Your Vision, helps you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Remove roadblocks and visualize your new lens to see and experience your world. Get Expand Your Vision on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Developmental optometrist, award winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Vision Beyond Sight will help you find clarity in your functional vision and And expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Join Dr. Lynn each week for a new exciting episode, Vision Beyond Sight. Can your child organize, really organize? Parents and teachers will have practical step-by-step strategies and templates to help get their children organized with Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's Organize It workbook. Increased organizational skills create success and confidence in school, sports, and life. Get Organize It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn.
1: Hi, everyone. We've been talking to Patricia Greenberg, the fitness gourmet, and uh, she had just started talking about what can we do to make aging more peaceful and living through that myself right now. And I am in that inquiry right now because we can either, you know, listen to what our grandkids say, like, wow, you're old. And then feel bad about it and act old. Or what I always tell them is that I never want to hear the word old again. I'm wiser. And now let me tell you what I think. <laughs> but we play <laughs> with the words. But but it's so important because those words can be very impactful, positive or negative for us. And it's about what we're willing to accept. And and I'm still in, personally, a lot of personal development courses of creating my life for the next decades and uh it's never too late, because I know that was part of your material is it'd be great if we can start our kids eating healthy and be well and be fit. and that's a struggle, but it's never too late to make some of these changes you're talking about. So, Patricia, pick up on what else we can do to make aging more peaceful.
2: So this is you know, it, I, I'm gonna walk through a couple of things that not only I write about and talk about, but that that's relevant to, You and I, because we are representative of our generation now, we all really are looking for ways to be calmer and healthier and be at peace. And, you know, as adults, we were always taught to restrict, right, where childhood was kind of la-la land, right? And then you get into the real world and like, wow, you know, I've got to take on these responsibilities. And what do you hear as an adult? Oh, you're not supposed to do this, or I don't want to make waves, or if I say something, I'll lose my job, or, you know, I'll upset my spouse, and I don't want my friends to think I'm, you know, uh,
1: okay.
2: I, that I'm being difficult, or, you know, I don't want to let everybody know about my indulgences. We we tend to carry secrets around for no reason. And one of the things that separate from the food and the exercise is that when we hold things in and we don't share our thoughts and our emotions and it stews, it actually has a very negative impact on the body physiologically. And you're not at peace. You're not at peace if you're holding grudges. You're not at peace if you're angry. And you're not at peace if you're holding it in. And one of the best things I've learned, uh, not only in my work but in life, is um, we hear about the term forgiveness. We hear about gratitude for what we have. If you can't let go of the anger or the fear or the emotions you're feeling towards one person, find somebody else to work it out with. You know, I, you know, Lynn, you're welcome to call me. <laughs> if you have a problem and the person's, God forbid, no longer living or is somebody you can't reach, call me and say, you know, I'm really angry. I'm feel- I've been feeling anger towards this person for 40 years and I just can't carry it around anymore. Let it out in whatever capacity you can. And that will relax your body and your mind to open you up to take care of yourself better. When you're around people, places, and things that don't make you feel good about yourself, that's self-imposed. And that's something you can let go of by sharing it and getting out. So first of all, because we're taught to restrict our feelings, that's a very, very important thing, um, everything else becomes restrictive and everything else becomes good or bad. So you don't want to be badly behaved. You want to behave good. Therefore, you want to eat good. So also, sometimes what you do in front of other people and what you do at home don't always gel. So I always say, nurture yourself with foods you love. Just always make sure it's, they're the healthiest versions. So getting back to it, if you like that piece of chocolate, buy a good quality chocolate. You know, if you want to have an indulgence of any sort, make sure it's the best finest version of that thing. Somewhere in your day, find a salad somewhere in your day, find an apple or an orange uh, on the go. These are very, very simple concepts where you don't have to go out. Um, What you don't want is to feel deprived. Okay. Because this gets back to acceptance and being, um, being at peace is when you feel deprived, everything you feel less than And you feel less than in everything else in your life. So savoring your meals, sitting down, chewing your food, eating quietly. It's okay to eat in front of the TV. I do it myself sometimes. But, you know, don't eat while you're driving or rushing. That's like a really key thing for wellness and peacefulness as you age. I I know it sounds like I'm just talking about the food, but the attitude and the atmosphere that you do that in plays a huge role. Now, of course, nutrition and fitness go hand in hand when discussing wellness. And one of the things that I really emphasize now, having been uh, not athletic to a major athlete to what I call moderate right now, is that the number one form of movement for anybody for optimal wellness is walking. And it keeps you upright, which is very important for your old age. It keeps the body continually maintaining balance, which is critical enhances your heart and lung lung function, and it keeps you socially active. Um, there's something within that that I want to discuss that people don't, again, everything I'm telling you to do for your, for aging well and for peace as you age are good for all ages. So if you want to enjoy your grandchildren or your children, or you want to join groups where the age span is wide, you know that there's people in their 40s, their 50s, their 60s, and 70s all participating in an activity, it's good for everybody. So you don't even really have to put an age on it, but there's you know, a, concept, there's a um, concept in fitness called proprioception, and you may know what that is because of what you do, but it's your ability to uh, calculate your space in the world. So your depth perception, how far things away from you, you know, where you stand in the world and staying active and moving and walking key- enhances that. How many times have you seen an older person um, get to the curb and fall down right in the street? And you say, didn't they see that six inch curb? No, they didn't, because their their sense of depth perception and their perception of where they are around them is off. And just walking, just the act of walking every day um, helps stave that off.
1: So, so if I could the, interrupt you for just a second there, you brought up sure. such an important point that uh, being in the vision world. That is yes. one of the number one reasons that uh, people end up having cataract surgery because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it interferes in seeing clearly. And when you don't see clearly and you're getting older, often you'll trip and fall and then you have major health problems. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so your comment about uh, not seeing the curve is more than real. It often happens in the house you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. rugs and things and people trips. So that's where the vision, you know, plays a huge role. But I, I'd also like to just comment quickly, you know, you mentioned about walking and that's, uh, you know, that's what my survival during the pandemic was. My right. uh, friend and I would walk literally miles every day, uh, such that I ended up breaking my foot twice <laughs> from stress fractures. Mm-hmm. And so that's the difficult part in that wanting to be well and to be healthy and accepting that your body doesn't always respond to what we think should be healthy for it. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting, um, Dr. Lynn, I, I encourage, and I'd like to encourage your audience and my audience wholeheartedly. Uh, you know, we talk about loneliness as the new smoking, right. And being alone reach out to the resources that are available to you. There is help for almost everything that you need. I, I, don't know, I don't know there's anything there isn't, whether it's physical ailments, emotional, psychological, physical. There's people out there to help you. And it's very, very important to not sit and scour the Internet or ask your friends, you know, find a professional in some capacity to help you with what it is you need. There's so much, so many resources out there. Um, that, uh, that we all could use, right? That's just something that I say that uh, don't, don't go it alone because, um, you know, studies are showing that being alone will age you faster. Um, it, 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 uh, it contributes to cognitive decline when you're not engaging with other people, even if it's online or on the phone. Um, and those of you who have family members or friends that you're concerned about being alone or recently had a death in the family or recently had an injury in their home, pick up the phone and give them a call or take a walk over. That's really old school, right? Really? (laughs) Take a walk, give them a call. Take a walk and then go over and see how somebody's doing. Yeah. But you know, it helps all of us. I I really can't say enough about that.
1: That is for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, you've mentioned some things, but are there any, is there anything else that You would do differently now that you're on the other side of adulthood. Uh, you have talked yes, about some but modifications, I, I, but yeah, what else?
2: You know, I, it, it's funny you say that. That's the age old question, right? What do you say to your younger self? And um, my my short answer is that you know we're here in today, and just be where you are today. I, I wish I would have embraced that more as a younger person. That listen to older people a little more clearly. And said, what is it that I need to do for me now? And I wouldn't say that. I'd say, well, you know, you have to be polite or you have to show up or you have to be. uh, And the worst, uh, which women I think experience a lot, is go along with what their boyfriends and husbands want them to do, not what they want to do. So if I could do it all over again or even go back into little parts of my life, which I'm doing now, is doing what's good for me, which is not selfish, You know, that's the the one thing I'm loving you're asking me that is if you go back and you can't change anything, it's in the past, but things you would have done differently, you can do now, you know, within reason, but, um, and just say, I'm worth it. I'm worth the extra half an hour of sleep. I'm worth uh, that that good meal. I'm worth it when I'm out with friends and everyone's trying to get me to, you know, to eat something I don't want to eat because that peer pressure still exists at every age taking care of oneself in the way that works for you, to me, is the most critical aspect of aging well and aging peacefully.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And like beautiful. you said
2: earlier, you use the word acceptance. I think the quicker you accept that where you are today, please forgive me if it sounds snarky, but 60 is not the new 40. You may be well, but you're not 40, you're 60. Right. And I think people really need to embrace that and really say, you know what, I'm I'm 60. Okay, I'm fit, I'm thin, I'm, you know, whatever it is, or I have an impairment that when there is decline in your body and whether it's eyesight or whether it's physical or, or joint and bone uh, disorders, know that you have it, respect where you're at right now and make modifications. That way you can be at peace instead of fighting it, the constant fighting things and not wanting to be there and not wanting to accept, I think has the biggest detrimental effect on us.
1: I totally agree, and you know, I even look at myself joining groups, and they're now senior groups, which of course bothers me. And my my own perception is like, well, oh, yes, there's a bunch of old people here, <laughs> right? And the, my own bias against people my age, maybe a little older, and then I realize when I start talking, they are just a wealth of information and wisdom absolutely and fun mm-hmm. yet uh-huh. first response we've been conditioned for all these years is there a bunch of old people with you know nothing to offer what are they doing here and uh, right. being part of that now and uh, you're I'm one not, of them yes <laughs> yeah i i i don't know that i've yeah. really gotten to the acceptance stage yeah. very well but thank you for reminding and because that is the big key of of moving forward yes yes yeah well, let's move on a little bit and um you and maybe you've already answered some of this uh, information, but what's the number one habit that we should all embrace over fifty?
2: The number one habit that we should embrace over fifty is is being upright, okay, and that is even with impairment, um we have again, getting back to having all these resources, you need at any time to be able to get up by yourself. And um, it sounds very funny and sounds very simple, but you need to be able to get up out of a chair or up off the floor without assistance. And why is that important? Because that's the number one thing that contributes to decline is our, our inability to stand upright. And when we see uh, older, older adults and we call, you know, the, 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 the elderly, elderly population of people, who um, you see the whole gamut, right, of people who are wheelchair bound up to people who are still running um, and doing athletic feats that are, you know, you and I probably couldn't do in our 60s and watching a 90-year-old do it. But that is keeping that spine upright, sitting upright, getting up out of your chair or getting, God forbid, you fall down, getting up off that floor. There's techniques um, to support that. And that is where we find people decline the most is when they can't get up and move around by themselves. Um, And even if you're at a point where you require a walker or you require a cane or you require assistance to get up, you still need to get up and move. Movement, all roads lead to movement when it comes to aging well. To be able to put your arms over your head. And uh, I always say one of the practices for that, one of the exercises that I do um, I actually learned um, this through studying physical therapy, is reaching up, is getting your arms over your head, reaching up for something in the cabinet, right, or being able to uh, hang your hat up on on a hook on the wall or put your keys up, on you know, in a high place. This is tremendous activity for your shoulders and your back and your neck. Um, it keeps them strong and keeps your shoulders back and, you you know, able to move your arms over your head contributes tremendously to your wellness because of the mobility. And if anyone's experienced frozen shoulder, um, right. they, they know the excruciating pain of that. I had a bout with it um, a few years ago. You know, Dr. Lynn, I want to throw in something, how much emotion inhibits our movement. And so the two go hand in hand. We had lost you know, my parents, my husband's parents um, and a few family members and the dogs. And it all happened in a period we lost eight people and three dogs in the course of two and a half years. And wow. it was so traumatizing on us that I developed frozen shoulder. And how I worked through it is I started in physical therapy, but I learned later on from trainers and people that I work with is you keep moving it and it will loosen up. And that's precisely what I did. I started to say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, very little by little, move my arms up over my head, do exercises that help with that. And sure enough, I reached that point that I can move it again. And now I do everything to keep that mobility going. Little things, put your hand on a chair and march in place. Get up and walk around the house. If you're sitting at a desk or you're sitting in a chair, um, we've all become uh, addicted to the TV and movies because of the pandemic. Um, And even if you're watching something on TV, get up every minimum, every hour, walk around the room a little bit and, you know, release your energy and, and get some movement going in your body at all times. It helps your heart. It helps your lungs, your digestion. So that's it. Don't allow yourself to become too sedentary. That's the key.
1: Yeah, that's a wonderful analogy with, I'm sorry about all your loss in the frozen shoulder, but a beautiful analogy of being stuck. And um, stuck in our emotions, stuck in our bodies, stuck. And the way out is through movement at whatever level. And I remember um, when I had some major health problems 20 years ago. And I used to do a lot of yoga. And I wasn't able to do any, almost any of it. And I asked my yoga instructor, will I ever be able to do yoga again? And she looked at me. She said, raise your hand. And I did. She said, point to your finger. I did. She says, now bend it and point it and bend it and point it. And that was her point as you move what moves and don't stop because you can't move everything the way you want to move it. And, you know, for, for our listeners, you know, most of them should know that there are so many rec centers and, and places and opportunities that have classes for seniors that are modified. If you need that regular classes, but getting out to walk is like, in my opinion as well, number one, uh, Patricia, we only have like a minute or two left. I want to make sure you let people know how they can reach you and, and uh, some of your uh, great things coming up.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lynn. Yes. Um, my YouTube um, channel uh, is uh, wonderful because we do a wide variety inf- of information from doctors, dentists, scientists, artists business people all doing great things as they age. <laughs> and um, you can go to my website, which is www.patriciagreenberg.com. And the book is Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well, available at Amazon and other retailers. But I like to send people just just click on Patricia Greenberg and you'll find my YouTube channel and my Eat Well, Live Well, Age Well book. And, and Lynn, I just want to tell you, I, I wish you all
1: the best and health and happiness to you for many years to come. Well, I so appreciate it, and this has been so timely for myself, going through some some yes. medical things yes. and okay. knowing that that we're much more than our physical body. Yeah, and there's so yes. much out in that world that we can do, and having people like you around to help remind us, give us, make it simple for us to eat uh, eat well. Let me make sure I say your title correctly. Eat well, <laughs> live well, and age well. I thank yeah. you for all you're doing and encourage uh, all our listeners to really watch your YouTube videos, get your books. And for each of us, I hope that we all will eat well, live well, and age well.
0: Patricia, oh, thank I you, thank Lynn.
1: you so very much mm-hmm. for your time. Um, and please, if you have other questions for her, you're, uh, take a look at the show notes because a lot of uh, her resources will be listed there as well. So thanks to you and thanks to everybody for listening. Bye-bye Thank for you, now.
2: Lynn. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.